Hey everybody and welcome back to the Red Mage. Today we'll be talking about KPIs for the actual and virtual spaces that you create as a world builder. For those of you unfamiliar with KPIs, they are key performance indicators and they are just as important to world builders as they are for business. Audience members with a background in business, UX for web applications, or marketing may already be familiar with what KPIs are. They are a crucial element to measuring success, optimizing platforms and services, and collecting data to improve user engagements, conversion, and business strategies. As a designer who is using the world building methodology, KPIs will come to play in one of two important ways. But keep in mind that in order to really optimize a KPI, you need to define success, goals, and objectives before you could start laying out a strategy with KPIs. So the first way that KPIs will help out a world builder is that they provide valuable insight on how to improve the next iteration of the space that you have created, be it actual or virtual. The space you created in your first iteration will almost always be an MVP or a release with the core features. As users occupy that space and interact with the resources you provide, in that space, you will discover a lot of things and what you can fine tune um, to optimize that space for users. Maybe users are having trouble finding specific resources or they need more of one resource in a certain area as they're traversing space in the way that you didn't initially plan. Another situation that's likely to occur is an increase in users and a demand for more space and more resources. As your platform scales up, you will need to know what the needs of your users are, how to control the travel of users through different spaces, and what amenities they need, how to distribute resources, and how to optimize experiences, and so forth. Now, as an entrepreneur or designer working for a company, KPIs will be necessary not only to optimize the space that you're building, but to meet business goals. KPIs provide crucial information to optimize business operations, event planning, marketing strategies, and well, so much more. Using KPIs, you will be able to collect information on users um, in that space, how they engage with it for different reasons, and what you can find that is drawing users' attentions and how they discover and how they feel about the space. Um, if you're getting new users, if they're retaining learned material, and if they're really kind of engaging with you and your product in, in that community. And this all goes back to making sure that you're meeting your goals. Now, the way that you will do this for virtual space and actual space will vary based on the project, the company, and the service that you're providing. But the gist is that KPIs are an important aspect to optimizing your world and business goals. An article on LinkedIn titled, five reasons why KPIs are important to your company's growth. List the benefit of KPIs to measure targets, create an atmosphere of learning, collect important information, encourage accountability, and boost morale. These are all important to the internal building of an infrastructure of your company and how you approach things as a designer. This is also backed by a article from Forbes titled Key Performance Indicators 101 and Why They're Important. Basically the bottom line that I'm trying to get across is that 
KPIs are really important to meeting your goals and defining success for your world that you're creating in an actual or virtual space or a business as working with designers to create a virtual or actual space to supply a product, service, or even just market their brand. Okay, well, now that I've bombarded you with what KPIs are and why they're important and that you need them, um, it's, let's look at how to define the success and objectives for your projects. For the sake of time and simplicity, we're gonna stick to two examples. These examples are hypothetical situations in which the world building methodology can be applied. And the inspiration for these examples are derived from observational studies and trends in the use of VR and research conducted for my thesis project, um, in which I look into spaces and microcosms. The microcosm research I will be using to make an example are design studies of John C. Portman, the Luxor Hotel in Vegas, and the, I'm probably gonna butcher this, the beach, the beach, the Begitch Towers in Whittier, Alaska. The first example we'll be looking at will be defining success for a VR training platform for students. The second example is gonna be designing a hotel where users enter, but never wanna leave because they're so happy. Um, well, let's go ahead and get started with the first example. Let's start by defining success for our VR program. We will assume that we've already done the work and that we decided VR really is the correct platform to use in this situation. In a later episode, I will cover defining the, the platforms that you're gonna use and if they're appropriate for the projects you're working on. But for now, let's just assume that we've done all that work and that we're good to go. In our training program for students, we are using VR as a platform specifically for high school students to teach them about the Spanish flu and the severity of it as an epidemic that took countless lives. Knowing our subject and our user base, we can start to define our goal. So let's say that we deliberate over it and we say in consensus that we agree our overall objective is to have students understand the severity of an epidemic and the various social issues during that epidemic, such as the silencing of the press and the withholding of data to prevent unnecessary unrest in the citizens. Just in case you're curious, this example is taken from an article titled, The Spanish Influenza Pandemic, A Lesson from History 100 Years After 1918 by the U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institutes of Health. Something you might want to check out. By knowing our overall learning objective, we can then ask a series of questions as to how to measure students' knowledge retention, engagement, overall attention to the subject and areas in the VR simulation, and what they, what they really garner, see if they get an understanding for what we're trying to get across. To measure knowledge retention, we can propose and test to see how students score, add an eye track to see where students are focusing their attention the most, and ask students what they felt and what they learned about the Spanish flu in that VR experience. We can use these tests to determine if objectives for knowledge retention have been met and have in-class discussions to gauge the impact and understanding that students derive from the experience. From there, we can iteratively optimize the material to meet goals and teach ourselves about what the students enjoy 
and what they need in order to meet those goals in this interactive classroom experience. Now let's move on to the second example. To make this fun, let's say our boss is a mad architect who wants to take over the Sunset Strip in Los Angeles. In our boss's nefarious plan to begin the ultimate power that monopolizes money from housing, development, community spaces, education, entertainment, and the like, they plan on making the ultimate living experience. Our boss is crazy, but they don't seem like a bad person. Well, let's assume our boss already has the funds, the plans, the interested community, and the necessary paperwork and deeds to move forward with this plan. We're getting paid a livable wage and we're promised our own space in this plus ultra condo. So we have no problem with this. And our boss is really cool. As we report to a meeting, our boss asks us, in order to ensure that no one wants to leave from how, how happy they are, what do we have to measure? What do we, what do we need? Well, everyone else is, who is a well-paid, taking care of hench person is silent, we propose ways to measure the use of space, collection of resident feedback, track user emotions in various spaces, and how to track the use, popularity, and need of particular resources so that we can ensure that our users and our residents are happy and they never want to leave. After receiving praise from our great boss, we collaborate with our interdisciplinary team to use mood trackers by having AI review security recordings collect user data via feedback surveys, and use data from serial numbers to know what resources and items to stock up on which and which to phase out. By optimizing our, our world and meeting key objectives, users remain happy and they never want to leave. <laughs> um, sorry, just a hypothetical situation. While these examples are kind of quick and dirty to meet the time frame of our podcast, they do accurately portray the importance of KPIs and how you can use them to meet major milestones and measure key objectives. On a final note, I would like to remind my audience that this is a quick and dirty breakdown of KPIs. I would strongly advise that you continue to learning more about them and look at KPIs for your specific industry needs as KPIs for actual and virtual space will, will vary and they differ across each type of industry. Learning will be different from that of entertainment and entertainment will be different from that of a, of a safety or security matter. So when you're working with KPIs, understand that there's two types of data you're collecting, qualitative data and quantitative data. What are these? Well, I'm glad you asked. Quantitative data is data that measures the values or counts of something and is expressed in numbers. Qualitative data is data that approximates and characterizes based on user input and feedback. It's highly recommended that you use both forms of data collection to optimize your, your world or your business or whatever platform and service that you're using. And I want to take a moment to really stress the importance of qualitative data. Qualitative data comes out of engaging with the community and your audience and collecting insights that are just invaluable. I feel like a lot of items on the web don't really stress that enough. And while I don't want to say that all, all web art articles or publications or videos 
don't do qualitative data justice. It's not talked about enough. And an organization that we should all pay attention to is IDEO and their use of field uh, research and human-centric data. They have a really good book called A Field Guide to Human-Centered Design. And it goes through a lot of design processes and ways to really engage with the community. It's a great resource to have and I highly recommend it to anyone. Another book that I would highly recommend reading mm -hmm. is Vijay Kumar's book, 101 Design Methodologies. This breaks down a series of, of methods that you can use to collect data, both qualitative and quantitative, in order to ensure a higher probability of success for your company. Qualitative data is really a gold mine for connecting with your community and creating an optimal product, service, project, or so forth that is resilient, scalable, relevant, and profitable. Field research, user feedback, and empathy are really core to being a modern designer and a world builder. For any audience members who aren't traditional designers and aren't really familiar with any of this, it's okay. I would love to reach out to audience members who are in business, marketing, and engineering to consider using empathy and fieldwork for collecting data and engaging with users. Now, please understand I'm, I'm not trying to tell you how to build, market, or run your business, but I am offering you a tool that has a great potential of increasing your community base, identifying key target audiences, optimizing conversions, and making everything that you develop very relevant and potentially increasing your ROI. For the hard price of free, a little empathy can be a worthwhile investment to meet your business goals or create your optimal world. And if you are curious for more resources, I would suggest checking out Eisenberg and their A-list channel for seeing trends and interviews that they conduct with really amazing business professionals from Google to Microsoft. Um, and they also follow some awesome trends in VR in case any audience members are curious about that. But with that, we've reached the end of our podcast for today. I try to keep these podcasts as short as possible so that it's a great snippet that provides information in a condensed manner. And I let the community have more time when I conduct interviews so that you can get a full understanding of that and even use it as a research, um, as a resource for your own projects. But thank you for taking the time to listen in and support this podcast. If you really enjoy listening and would love to collaborate, donate, or have any suggestions for topics to be covered, please check out our humble but growing Discord channel. I provided a link in the podcast description so that you can go ahead and join, and it's open to anyone that is willing to be a, an engaged community member. And I humbly thank you for the time that you guys spend with us and hope that you join. So till next time, friends, stay safe, keep designing, stay a red mage.